0: Film has been or will be released. The greatest of all time. This show will find that film. This is the greatest film of all time, according to me. Brandon. Welcome back to the greatest film of all time, according to me, for another week. I am your intrepid me. Brandon Maynard. It's the show where we delve into the depths of film to crown an undisputed champion. I'm excited for this one. We got JGL, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. We've got Zoe Deschanel in her quote "bang" era, <laughs> according to my wife. Now she meant hair, uh, but I'm used to that being like bangs plural. Uh, I-, I would I would wager to guess that. If I gave her a second chance at at st- stating which era <laughs> that Zoe Dejanelle was in, she would have said Bangs era. Um, but I believe it's uh, a combination of uh, no, it's it's a, it's entirely one thing. She speaks pretty eloquently most of the time. It's definitely the uh, the fact that we have a kid and all of the words that we say are stupid. Mostly me. Um, we're keeping a a running list of all the stupid things that we say. You can read that as, read? You can uh, interpret that as me. I am saying stupid things. Um, in fact, I try to say stupid things, and I said Dupid, dupest stings. Ladies and gentlemen, I said it. And uh, I don't know what to do with that information. And I don't know what you should do with it, uh, but it has been done, and you're welcome. Now you know. You know one of the entries on my notes app uh, for things I've said. Bang, era. Zoe Deschanel, um, the movie is 500 Days of Summer. Have I seen this movie? I think so. Uh, I've been trying to piece this together, uh, and I don't know if I can think of <laughs> anything about it. Um, it makes you think maybe I was in a room where this movie played. I clearly took in nothing. Um, and sometimes I do this thing where I have, I want to have watched the movie, Rather than uh, wanting to watch a movie, this feels like one of those. Um, you know, I, because I'm, look, I'm at somewhat of a loss here. I'm pretty sure this is an indie movie. Okay. Um, I think some people love it, but I've heard some don't. I think I've described every movie now. You're welcome. Um, I also was told that by the person who recommended this to me, friend Becca. Um, does this movie have like, uh, what do I what do I talk about? <laughs> it's only been like a couple minutes. Usually, I, I try to go a little longer than that. Um, this is the second Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie on the on the show. Um, the other one is oh, was it in the top five last week? Yes, JGL is still in the top five as of now. Uh, so if this sneaks in, he should stay in. So I think this is a good week for him. Um, I mean, look, we're not going to go over angels in the outfield. If we did look, it's probably not making the top five. Uh, I just can't imagine it will. And, uh, I'm tired of people asking me to watch angels in the outfield. (laughs) No one's asking. Uh, what are some other JGL movies? I'll probably do inception at some point. That feels like a movie that should be discussed on this show. Um, what's that one where he's a bike messenger? (laughs) uh that movie i watched it premium rush i think i think that was called uh it's not gonna be covered uh what's that movie where he's addicted to porn he's like the new york kid oh man (sighs) this is what this was like this is why my mom can never think of anything she's just been tired for however many years i've been alive (laughs) <laughs> I blanked. That's because my birthday is soon and I don't know when this episode comes out. So let's just say I'm either thirty six or thirty seven years old at the time that you're listening to this. Or you know what? I'm at least thirty-six. You could listen to this in like five years. I'm sure I've I've hit it big by now. Hey you uh five years in the future, listen to this. What do you think? Did you think that from my humble beginnings I'd become the superstar that I am today? me neither that's why I'm doing the stupid thing um, hmm what is this movie about <laughs> I think okay so th- these are some guesses because uh, I don't think I've seen it I, I don't. I just don't think I have um, I think summer is the name of the person it could also be it could start in the, in the summer if it's if there's actually 500 days I bet there's at least one summer <laughs> in the movie um, I don't know who wrote it. I don't know who directed it. I don't know if it's based on a book or anything. Does this movie have like an iconic song? That would be cool cuz then I could play it here. <laughs> it feels like this feels like a movie that is going to have an iconic song. Like some indie band. Like uh let's see. I'm going to I'm feeling uh Death Cab for Cutie. That's what we're gonna, we're going to go with Death Cab for Cutie. Uh, so we're going to play, play us into this episode. We're going to play the hit song from 500 Days of Summer <laughs> by Indie Darling, Death Cat for Cutie. I'm typing on my phone. I'm picking the right song. This feels, I mean, this is it, right? Death Cat for Cutie, 500 Days of Summer. The obvious connection We all make To this film From this band You know It just It brings me to that scene You know This is where they're in love And Summer I mean she's there So is JGL's character And he's like I'll follow you anywhere She's like anywhere and he's like yeah and she's like what about what about Into the Dark
1: and then suddenly the power goes out
0: and then he pulls out his guitar and he sings this very song the lead singer of Death Cat for Cutie is Joseph gordon Levin and has been the whole time follow oh. you into the dark it just brings you to it you know it's just something about a song that brings you to that moment in a film this is like um when that one song plays in Guardians of the Galaxy you know or um in Baby Driver actually that's actually one that I feel bad about making the joke on that one cause I love that movie and I will never watch it again so I never went back if heaven and hell decide. <laughs> okay, I've wasted satisfying. enough of your time and mine. Um, let's get you to the, sh- the movie. 500 days <laughs> <they can laughs> in the summer, let's do it. If there's no one besides you. Okay. We're back. Um, I guess we're just going to get right into it. Um, that's what you should do, right? <laughs> Why would that not be look for the first 30 to 40 minutes post break? I'm going to vamp. I'm just going to talk about whatever comes to mind. Uh, ceilings. What about those? Um, no, I'm, I'm going to talk about the film. Um, I guess <laughs> I have to, it is the, the job as it were. Um, I, what did I get right? Uh, so, so I watched this film with my, my wife and, uh, my newborn daughter as well. She, uh, was ripping huge farts the whole time. Not my wife, (laughs) my daughter. Uh, I, I will, you know what? I'm going to vent for a second. I don't think anyone really told me how much newborns fart or my daughter farts a lot. Is it, are we all just not talking about it? And if so, why not? It's funny. It's always funny. Um, Unless it's like one in the morning and she farts on you for an hour and a half straight. And yeah, maybe that happened. And maybe one day down the line, you're listening to this, Marcy. Um, But I I don't hold it against you. Oh, I just had a shipment arrive. Someone just got a uh, thing in the mail. It's me. I don't know what it was, though. I think it's a little adapter. Oh, no, it's a... Got it. So, uh, more vamping. A lot of a lot of diapers. I was aware of that. Um, we, so, we have one of those, like, I forget what it's called, Ubi, I think. That's where uh, you throw the diaper and it doesn't smell. Uh, we have one in the nursery, which we change her maybe half the time. Maybe even less than half the time, actually. So, we're getting a second one for downstairs because I don't want to walk upstairs to do it. Um, seemed like a reasonable thing at the time, but now I'm like, I don't want to do it. Anyways, sorry, Marcy, talking about farts in in uh, bathrooms, bathrooms, uh, di- diaper uses, diapers. Uh, if you are me, talking to her. Um, back to the movie. <laughs> so, I watched this with my wife. I told her what fun I had in the intro with my Panic at the Disco thing, and she said, or not paying the disco, uh, death cap for cutie thing. That's right. Um, and so she informed me that the lead singer of that was married to Zoe Deschanel. Um, I don't, that sounds familiar ish, I guess. I know she was married to somebody in music. I, I think I just thought who it was, whoever was with her in her band, she and him or whatever. Uh, it, but that could be why I picked, Death Guy for QE. I also kind of really like them. Um, kind of. <laughs> I really love one album that I listened to a lot, and then it, I became a huge fan because of that album. It was just a later one that I bet no one is like that's my album, um, but it, it I liked it. it. It was a good beach uh, back backdrop backdrop back <laughs> back <laughs> gone. Um, guys. I am absolutely tired today. I watched this movie a, a couple of days ago, um, thinking I would record this before, uh, the weekend. And I am just absolutely exhausted. Did not sleep very well. I think I have a sinus infection, uh, brewing, which means, uh, I have one night where I just can't sleep. That's always the start of it. I feel hot and I can't sleep. This was one of those nights. It's not great. Cause I'm not sleeping a ton as it is. um, you guys are here to listen to this movie though. Listen to it. Listen to me talk about the movie. Um, Yeah. So my wife let me know that fun fact. um, And then she did tell me there was a somewhat iconic moment in this movie that had to do with the song. Uh, I was hoping I was right on it being like an indie band, but it was not. I was wrong. Um, And I 100% never saw this. I don't, I don't know why I thought I did the structure alone would have kind of been hard to forget um i know i didn't watch it so (sighs) let's set the stage let's dissect this baby um so from the start we get a voiceover that makes me worried that i'll be dealing with a voiceover um the helpful little voice tells us that jgl um tom (laughs) i already figured his name i think his name's tom Uh, He believes a relationship will define him because he watched The Graduate or something. Summer, on the other hand, that's Zoe Deschanel, did not. Uh, Then they meet. We're then instructed this is not a love story. You know how I know that? Because the writer calls some actual person a bitch in the opening title card. (laughs) Not great, man. Um, I love these writers. I'll talk about them more later. I, this made me feel uncomfortable. I didn't like it. I was really pissed at the whole movie uh, from the jump. Um, so we're going to zip around in time. Uh, we're starting in the future after a breakup. And Chloe Grace Moretz shows up uh, to help Joseph Gordon-Levitt not throw plates. <laughs> His younger child sister. Uh, they're the three-name sibling club. CGM and JGL. Oh, sounds like a speaker. Is it JJ? Oh, it's JBL. That's what it is. Okay. So, um, it's day 288 or something. (laughs) You know what? I'm not, I'm absolutely not going to try to figure out what the day numbers are. I do believe it's an effective way to tell a non-linear story. Um, I do not want to try to relay it. It's just exhausting. Um, but anyways, 288, we start there. Summer, our manic pixie dream girl, who says they should stop seeing each other. Also, I don't know that she counts as manic pixie manic pixie dream girl. I think I read some articles whether or not she has enough of her own like belief system. I forget what the what it was, but this was not on some of the lists. It was on one of them. I don't know. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> so she thinks they should break up. They fight all the time, uh, and. Honestly, JGL looks like a zombie through the entire conversation and is everything uh, is generally hard to watch. He wants to get her back, though, because he's a fool in love. Um, so we go back earlier in time. Um, if I were saying the day numbers, it might even be the first one, but I refuse. Uh, Summer works at the same company as Tom, a greeting card company, as an assistant, and he's smitten right away. Uh, You do have to take my word for it, though, because you cannot tell it from his face. (laughs) The whole time, he just looks like a big Eeyore sad sack, and I do not enjoy it. Um, We're introduced to Summer, who it seems to have like an easy life. She pays lower rent. She makes businesses more successful on accident just by existing. Um, It would be cute, but remember, everyone, there's that bitter title card at the beginning. uh, So, you know, we shouldn't be giving anyone the benefit of the doubt. Um, and so despite like his initial like attraction, he is very quickly, uh, dissuaded (laughs) by someone calling her an uppity, uh, B word. Uh, so we're, we're not on the side, right? Like from the very beginning, I don't like this guy. Um, and I don't know if I'm supposed to, I don't know if the movie ever answers that for me. Um, so despite turning on her immediately. Uh, mere days later, she loves the Smiths just like him. So it's on, uh, the Smiths are a band that I don't really like at all, but it does explain his face to me. They seem like just the saddest band. Um, I think that's true. I know that people like the Smiths. I, I just, that's not my jam. um, And I got lots of jams, man. And jellies. I am a big preserve fan. I have a whole rap song about preserves. Um, That is a fact. It's a weird fact. Uh, Do I have it? Oh, I bet I could find it on my iPod. iPod? iPhone? Artists? Chicken Cops? That is my rap group. Oh, I don't see it right away. You know what? Hmm. Oh yeah, it's slow jam. Your role. Um, it is on my phone. I might play it later. We'll see. Um, I lost track of my train of thoughts. Smiths don't like them. They do. They're into each other because of it. Um, I, she makes the mistake of saying that she had a good weekend, which to Tom means she was having sex with someone, and uh, he's pissed. <laughs> I like. <laughs> Dude, I don't, I don't know. Um, I could say this after every fact in this movie, I don't know if I'm supposed to like Tom, uh, moving on. They go to a karaoke night with the office. She is of course going to sing something cause she's Zoe Deschanel. Um, she goes on to sing a song. I can't imagine being sung at karaoke, um, by Nancy Sinatra. I would later looked it up and she picked that song. Um, she also claims to uh, that they don't have Born to Run, so she had to, which leads to bonding over Springsteen. I don't see them having Nancy Sinatra and then not uh, Springsteen, but whatever. Um, they're bonding over it. Uh, it's all done while uh, a comically drunk person calls her a lesbian. <laughs> then Summer gives her whole opinion on relationships that she basically just boils down to, not a fan. Um, JGL doesn't like it and ask what happens if she's in love. What if she falls in love? And she doesn't think love is real. He thinks she's wrong. Great. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's effective in showing their opposing views on relationships. Um, it's not effective at not annoying me with a drunk dickhead the whole time. Uh, but after they wrap up this conversation, that same drunk dickhead tells Summer that Tom likes her. She makes him admit that it's his friends. Uh, so it's sort of friend zoning. So this is two JGL friend zone adjacent movies in the podcast canon now. This and 10 Things I Hate About You. One of them is better than the other. We'll, we'll find out later. Um, a few, d- few days later, she does kiss him though, which makes it understandably hard to understand for Tom. Uh, you can't say we're friends and then kiss me. I think, (laughs) but, uh, as I will remind you, I'm not a fan of Tom. Uh, things get very relationshipy to me here. They start pretending they live in a weird house, uh, inside IKEA. uh, after this, they kind of think it's, it's pretty cute. There is like a really weird Asian joke in it. Um, but it's cute outside of that. Um, she goes on to tell him that she doesn't want anything serious, no pressure. So obviously it's not going to work out dude. 100% doesn't want casual, uh, but he's willing to pretend for her. <laughs> this always works out real life movies all the time. It's great. Uh, post hookup, uh, this after this, uh, it's the first time we get a JGL smile. He's even seeing Han Solo as his reflection. It's all very cool and normal. Um, this is where my wife tells me to get ready for our iconic, um, memorable scene with music, with a song. And then making my dreams come, making my dreams come true. That's right. Making my dreams come true. Yeah. Uh, it starts to play. He's giving out handshake, handshakes, like he's a politician. And then La La Land breaks out. (laughs) It, It was, uh, it was weird. It's not quite the iconic song I expected to be in this film. This feels very indie. It feels like that doesn't belong to me. I also think I hate it. I <laughs> Do I hate it? Like, I don't hate La La Land. I liked La La Land. Um, I thought it was pretentious, and I thought maybe he shouldn't be preaching jazz. Uh, But whatever. I liked it. This, there's a friggin' animated bluebird. I just don't, I don't know. I don't think I like it. Um, so we spend more time in the future with him being sad, and in the present or past or whatever. <laughs> it's hard to talk about this movie literally when it's not linear. And I and I've got a sinus infection. I have a newborn, and I don't uh, really care about this movie. <laughs> There's a lot of things going against it. I don't like Tom. I don't, I just, hmm, come on, come on, Brandon, you can do this. You can get through this movie. You watched it, right? Um, so things that in the past, present, whatever, things seem to be going pretty well. I mean, I guess, um, overall they, they they're doing things that couples do and they seem generally happy, I guess. Um, but that all ends when the friend, his friends are pressing him to give a label to it, um, which he doesn't really want to do. Um, I think he does want to do it though. Uh, but they, they don't accept that he doesn't want to do it. So they call him gay for not wanting to know if he's in a relationship. (laughs) It's, it's awful. Uh, so he decides to ask his little sister at her soccer game. Chloe Grace Moretz what, what she thinks uh, and I get the instinct to make these jokes I do I I would I like the pretentiousness of a, a child to give advice a lot I like that in a lot of movies um, come on uh, but anyways so despite it not going well at all for Chloe Grace Moretz's last boyfriend when she did it he decides to ask Summer what they're doing she doesn't care as long as they're happy he cares. Um, this is the point where I'm like, well, it's over, right? There's no way this isn't over. Um, and at this point I don't want them together at all. I can feel this relationship won't and shouldn't work. I hate his friends. Um, I don't know enough about summer to have an opinion. Um, I respect her opinions on what she wants even if sometimes her actions don't always jive, she does eventually say, this is what I want. I haven't changed my mind a lot. Uh, The only person I like so far in this movie is Chloe Grace Moretz, uh, even though she has the too smart for her age thing, like Juno. Um, But, you know, moving ahead. We're going to just keep moving ahead, I guess, (laughs) to the end of this movie. There is something worth talking about in this movie, and I can't wait to get to it, but I need, I need to walk us up to it still. Um, they're at a bar. There's a, a dick hole. He hits on the bar, makes fun of him. He's, he's uh, credited as douche, so you know they really liked him. Um, he makes fun of him, and he punches him. Uh, she clearly doesn't like it in the moment. And then he's immediately punched out by the douche. Uh, And after that, they get into an argument about how he shouldn't have done it. Also, yeah, dude, you shouldn't have. Uh, The argument, she tries to call him his friend, which, by the way, is wild. Like, there's no way they're just friends. He is way wrong. But (laughs) come on. Uh, he decides there are a couple, even if she doesn't think so. Another thing that Tom has done that done that I don't like and makes me not like him, but she comes back to apologize. And for a moment, I think she's going to cave, but she doesn't, which is good. She's not willing to give him that. She won't wake up one day and not want to do this anymore with him. And they're still not going to label it, but she apologizes. (laughs) which he should not have apologized for that. Like I thought she was going to apologize for saying that they were friends. No, she was apologizing for getting mad that he hit someone. Um, Look, I, uh, in that moment, if, if I'm him with my wife, even before she was my wife, when we were dating, I'm not punching out a stranger at that point. I will look, I'll I'll throw down, (laughs) but she would have been pissed if I did it then. She would be pissed if I didn't do it in other situations, but that's not one of them. Um, And look, she apologized to him. She owes him nothing, but she does anyways. At this point in the movie, um, I wrote guys break up. That was in my notes. That's all I wrote. (laughs) And I I think we have a long way to go. Uh, Let's see back in the future. Tom gets called into his boss's office because he's been broken up with. He looks depressed. His performance at work is off. The card he submitted is wild. I wish I wrote it down. It was something like, I mean, it's it's profane. It's insane that he would do it. Um, but he's not fired for some reason. Um, instead, Clark Gregg, love Clark Clark Gregg. Um, uh, he puts him on sympathy cards instead because his mood points to that, and he even says like, "This is perfect for you." <laughs> sympathy cards. This is perfect for you. I left. I liked it. And uh, I do like Clark Gregg a lot. Um, so this is a big thing because he used to be great at his job. There's lots of examples of him crushing it at work, supposedly. Uh, definitely feels like a writer writing a writer moment, which is exactly what's happening. It's This is loosely based on the writer's life. I don't know if he worked for a greeting card company or not, but I mean, I could feel it as someone who writes in, uh, is a lot less successful than these people <laughs> feels like a writer writing a writer. Um, we move forward, goes on a date. Uh, all he does is talk about summer and she, for some reason listens to him, uh, like way longer than she should. She listens the whole time before she finally is like, basically tells him he's an idiot without calling him an idiot. She calls him on everything. A hundred percent is right. And then, he wants to go do karaoke and she goes. I, she finally leaves mid song, but girl, respect yourself and your time. <laughs> uh, Tom jumping ahead. He's going on a train to uh, something that ends up being a wedding. I wasn't sure if I missed that. They said what it was. It's just that the drunk asshole at the bar that he works with is not going. Um, and then he is on the train to to go to this place. Ends up being a wedding. Um, he he spots Summer. She spots him spotting her. And uh, then she walks over. He tries to act like he's all good. And she legitimately seems like she is. I wrote that down. Like, he's acting. She is good. Uh, but she always seemed good. So, uh, I don't know. I didn't know what to take by that. Um, take from that? God, guys... Even if I like try to write down my thoughts, so they all sound jumbled up. I forget if I read this or not. So I started a, a notes app, of, it's called Newborn Year in Quotes of Things I've Said. I was listening to a Key True, Truda commercial. It's like a pharmaceutical commercial. And I, I would have bet a million dollars I heard them say that one of the, uh, what's it called? Symptoms or not symptoms, the uh, side effects was a thirst for urine. (laughs) Like I was Googling like crazy. I was like, I heard it. So then we just kept watching TV until it finally came back on. And it was not that thirst or urine. Something, I forget the exact context, but whatever. You see a Keytruda commercial, picture him saying the thirst for urine as as a side effect. It seems like it's probably still worth it. I think it's for cancer treatment. Maybe I don't. I can't remember exactly. Um, wow, I got off the rails here. <laughs> so they're on the train. They're talking. They go get coffee. They seem to have great conversation. They get to the event. Seem to be on good terms. Um, I feel like we're all braced for it, all of us watching it. Me, you, your friends, uh, Marcy, rip. She's braced for some something to go wrong. And it doesn't. They talk about old times. Love is in the air. But remember, she doesn't believe in love. Um, They dance. She invites them to a party on a roof. And then the night's over. We then get to a really great scene or sequence, a series of scenes. It's the expectations versus reality. It shows two versions of that party. One where he gets to be with Summer. One where Summer is ultimately engaged and his heart is broken. I'll talk more about that later. That scene is awesome though. Um, this news crushes him, obviously because he can't get over anything and he's a annoying sad sack. Uh, it's first time I do understand his annoyance though. She was She was always honest with him about what she wanted but now she wants to get married and obviously she owes him nothing but I do see why this would affect him because you're like, well, the reason we didn't work out is you didn't want what you, you claim to want now. And I feel like, yeah, I get feeling that. Um, but also shop and grow up. Um, so he mopes for a change, uh, <laughs> at work at work. It says, um, he's got a pitch at their, uh, meeting with like the whole staff, it seems like, and it's time for, him to go. He has nothing on sympathy, but he does rant about the very idea of greeting cards. This almost feels like this is probably how one of these writers put their job. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) They really went in on greeting cards. It's the first time I was like, you know what? Maybe he did write, uh, greeting cards when he was trying to be a screenwriter or whichever one drove this scene. Uh, (laughs) and, really not a fan of them i i like them because like i don't know if i just like wrote a heartfelt thing for anyone i had to get a card for it would be bland as hell i'd rather just find a card that's funny and then write some more stuff in it um i think that's a jaded cynical uh, way of viewing things tom so one more strike against (laughs) you from me the arbiter of truth and uh goodness in the world and film, right? Cause we're delving the depths. <laughs> um, so at the end of that, he, uh, quits to a slow clap from one person, the drunk of drunk dickhead fame. But it, in reality, he should have just been fired before they even got to this meeting. He seemed to be generally awful. Um, but this is the kick in the pants he needed to go be an architect. This this aspect of the deal, I was not super clear on this. I know he was drawing stuff and maybe I was kind of like not checked in fully for why he was drawing things. But I, I think I forgot to pay attention to what he actually wanted to be doing. I guess he wanted to be an architect, um, which is a job people write for people that, don't know what people do. I don't know. I've never met an architect. I did want to be one when I was little. I thought I would just draw buildings. I thought that's what it would be. You just draw a building and they go build it. <laughs> I had my like graphing paper and rulers and I would draw all these cool buildings and like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Uh, I think math got real hard. So I'm in finance. <laughs> which I know might sound confusing because there are numbers in that, but I didn't have to do like three levels of calculus or anything, which is good. Didn't want to. Got an economics degree, you know, (sighs) totally understand the economy. Just, uh, at me at according to Brandon on Instagram. I'll give you all your economics advice. You can use everyone needs economics advice, right? (laughs) Um, Mm-hmm. all right he's going he wants to be an architect uh, Looking at my notes <laughs> is anything interesting left uh he goes to his favorite so after like a couple of interviews i don't he don't go well he doesn't get them or whatever uh he goes to his, his spot in the park uh his favorite bench <laughs> and uh he sees summer and she says she was hoping to see him there uh he doesn't think it makes sense Uh, the whole thing so he's like telling her like hey you you change your whole opinion of of reality of your life she says that she was wrong and that he was right it it just happened and she felt it and he has kind of flipped and he's like I no, you were right love is stupid blah 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 Um, and she's like no you, you were right I just didn't I didn't get it and she said I woke up one day and I knew He's like you knew what, and then this line, "What I," she said, "What I was never sure of with you." I was like, "Man, that's good." It felt very real. It probably actually happened that way to that guy. Um, he didn't get he got his closure. Um, she gave she gave him the opportunity to like say he was happy for her, and he made a joke saying um uh, are not saying anything I, I i forget what the exact sequence of events was but basically he said he's not happy for her, i guess without without saying it and then he never really circled back to say you know i actually am happy for you um i needed that from him because he just seems like a bitter dickhead and uh, he is <laughs> but after that he goes off to his interview he meets a girl it's Lila Garrity from Friday Night Lights, Mika Kelly, who was in the opening credits, but somehow we'd never see her until the last five seconds of this movie. Um, so they're up for the same job uh, as architects. He asks her to coffee. She waffles a bit before saying yes. And, uh, y'all, her name is Auburn, Autumn. I almost said Auburn. <laughs> her name is Autumn. Get it? Pause for drama. Pause for drama. Summer. Autumn. I have opinions. I think we're uh, we're gonna get to it. <laughs> let me just let me just go right into why I think this is or isn't my favorite movie. All right, why is this my favorite movie and thus the greatest film of all time? Uh, the defensive Ringo star. I watched the Beatles docuseries series on Disney Plus and came away thinking Ringo was the star. Did he talk much? No, almost never. <laughs> but he did want to go on the roof and now i have a go-to impression (laughs) i'd like to go on the roof i love it (laughs) no one wants to go play on the roof not really it's just like a thing that's an option but he's like i'd like to go on the roof (laughs) and you know what this movie she talks about ringo then invites him to a rooftop party this movie gets it gets it only that though it doesn't get a lot of things uh, the other thing I liked about this movie, expectations versus reality sequence, it's so good. It's a very great way, a very great way. That sounds like I'm writing a paper in sixth grade. Uh, it's a it's an excellent way to look at the situation. You, you like I, I've seen movies or TV shows that show you the like, two ways something could go or multiple ways something can go but not at the same time. Like it's so effective to see how the little things change and like having them play side by side at the same time, you kind of like just glance back. I I think it's super effective. I think it's really great. Um, I went and found a draft of the script that definitely didn't have this scene uh, because I was like, did they, was this how they sold the movie? Cause I don't know if you can, put in words how this would sell the movie. Uh and the answer is no. The that script, I read it, it's not as good. I don't know why they how they sold it though. It feels a lot more better than what this one is. And it feels bitter, <laughs> the finished product. Um I did do some research and um I I was curious. They did seem to write the scene after a studio note, but I'm not sure if Webb Mark Webb's direction was what got it to be the split screen or if that was the right idea either way it's absolutely great um and easily the best part of this movie um that's all i have for why it's my favorite (laughs) Uh, look i like zoe deschanel uh not in this it's not her fault um i like joseph gordon levitt not in this i don't think it's his fault um the guy from criminal minds my wife likes him i didn't i don't see it (laughs) I never watched that, really, so. Um, and the guy who used to be married to, oh, what's her name? Never going to come to me. I, I apologize to my mom who never knows anyone's name now. Um, I think it just happens. You If you don't sleep well for, like, two weeks in a row, names don't mean anything anymore. And uh, I get it. Um, Yeah, that's it. Why why this isn't my favorite movie and thus isn't the greatest film of all time. Um, Tom, I don't like him. I understand why he is the way he is, but from the card at the top where the writer is bitching about an ex, I am not, absolutely not able to give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't think he's worth reading for in this. He is an Eeyore-like sad sack, annoying dude. Not into him. And, yeah... I just don't, I don't like him and neither was a uh, summer <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, I already described the whole movie and now I alert you with a spoiler at the end. Um, I don't like his friends. I don't think they're funny. Um, I uh, also just don't like them, but if they're supposed, they're supposed to be funny and they are not, not into it. Uh for a full hour, I sat hating this movie. I think maybe if it was two thousand nine I'd be in a different place i mean I know I know it'd be in a different place uh but right now, no, that amazing expectations reality thing happened, and then everything else I still hated but that made, I was like i'm glad I watched this movie for that um he couldn't say he was happy for her he could he he for a joke didn't say it, which I actually thought was fun like not funny, but like humorous um, or clever, not humorous, clever. But he needed to say he was happy for it at the end. Even if he didn't believe it yet, he needed to. We needed to care about this dude somewhat. We, he needed to show some sort of change for a, in the positive. I don't know. I just didn't like it. Didn't like him. Uh, I didn't like the ending. Him finding the real one is an easy ending. But you know what makes me mad? Autumn. Her name is Autumn, get it? Dude, come on. If I had to watch 500 Days of Autumn, I would lose my mind. (laughs) Although, here's the thing. These writers, I'll talk about them in a second. I think they would crush it now. I think they're good. I think they're... uh, I just... I'm frustrated by this one. I have nothing else to say. And with no changes in the top five, I'll really have to dig into what I remember like about those movies. I claim to have in my top five because I I forget things and I'm sleep deprived. This might be fun. Um, yeah, I just spoiled it. There's no way this is in my top five. I hate this movie. Um, (laughs) closing thoughts. I just finished Daisy Jones and the six, which these writers wrote. And I think they created the show, which just developed the book, which I read. Um, and I also love at least two of their movies. Um, I'm not sure about the third. I might have to revisit, but the Spectacular. Now I love this that that movie. I I want to do it for the show. Uh, the Fault in Our Stars. I also might do that for the show. I, maybe I'll do like a tearjerker month month. Like just with ha- the saddest things I could think of. I I do have a uh, coming up. This I think I'm going to do in August. Matt Damon month. I'm just going to do five Matt Damon movies in a row. I am excited to do it. Some of them I've I've obviously seen most of them, but some of them I haven't seen in a while. One for sure I haven't seen, um, as long as it makes the top or it makes the five that I do. Maybe it'll be every year. Every year I'll do five (laughs) Matt Damon movies or at least August will always be Matt Damon month. Maybe it's five, maybe it's four, depending on the calendar. Um, the other movie that I might love by them is Paper Towns. I love John Green's books. I'm an, I'm a uh, teen girl at heart. I, I love teen YA <laughs> shit. Like I'll i read all that stuff, and some Harlan Coben thrillers. And yeah, I'll I'll watch Yellowstone. I'm a dad now. You know, I gotta I gotta do dad stuff. I'm studying for World War II uh, quizzes. <laughs> I'm uh, what else do dads do? Working on that yard. I mean, I already do that. Oh, whatever. Um, I like John Green books. Okay, freaking leave me alone. <laughs> I also like Nicholas Sparks books. That is, I I have to trick, not trick. <laughs> Maybe I could trigger. I need to get my wife to watch some uh, some of those with me. She does not like him, or I, I don't even know that she's read any of Nicholas Sparks' stuff. I know she hasn't, like, seen most of it, so maybe I'll get her to watch The Notebook with me Um, for the pod, and we'll talk relationships on the pod. Directed by Mark Webb. I am Just looking at my last couple things. He directed the two not-liked Spider-Man movies. (laughs) My takeaway from those is that Spider-Man is too sad, but that I like Andrew Garfield. This feels like a thing. I think maybe Mark Webb is sad. (laughs) Well, listen, uh, Andrew, I think you're playing Spider-Man is far too happy to be Spider-Man. I'm going to need you to tone it down and cry more. Um, and then obviously sad sack, uh, Tom, I'm just, I'm just saying he's got a type. Um, let's just get into my top five. Here's, here are the things. Let's see what I remember of these. <laughs> I should remember a lot because they're on my five. Uh, number five, 10 things I hate about you. Honestly, I'm struggling here. I know it's Taming of the Shrew. Heath Ledger, Julia Stiles, a bunch of other people. I feel like I love the performance of, oh no, what's his name? <laughs> uh, he is the elf on, Um, he's the head elf on the Santa Claus. Oh no. <laughs> This is so sad. I love this guy. He's in numbers. Anyways. He's great. <laughs> I don't remember a ton of specifics. I, I I do remember more about what I don't like than what I did like, which is maybe not a good thing for it. Maybe I need to revisit what <laughs> where this lies. Or I'll just beat it next week. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that the movie we pick next week at least beats Ten Things I Hate About You. Number four, Frozen. Know this one. Seen it so many times that uh, I 100% know it. I know what I love about it. I know what's not uh, technically good about it if you look at it from a critical standpoint, and I don't care. I'm happy where it is right now. Number three, Top Gun Maverick. Just watched it. Totally remember it. It's not the most complicated plotting of all time. I do remember that I like it more than Top Gun, and that's because it's higher in their list. <laughs> I, I think it's, I still, I stand by that it's good. Um be- better than I thought it would be too. Uh number two, Inglorious Bastards. Uh I remember everything about this movie. It was a interesting watch experience at my mother in law's while our house was worked on. Just sneaking away to watch Inglorious Bastards for a while. Um it's I remember, it look it's great. It, I I stand by where it is. And number one, everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, the movie slaps. It won an Oscar, won a bunch of Oscars, uh, deservedly so. Um, I think it's emotionally impactful and cool and uh, super confusing. I think all of that works in its benefit. (laughs) That's right. I like that it's confusing. Um, Top five scenes. There is a change here. I don't know if I said it enough during this podcast, but I was a fan of one thing and it was not the, uh, you're making my dreams come true thing. Number five, dropping one spot. The pre-wedding Garner Ruffalo scene, 13 going on 30. Also dropping one spot. The, I love you baby scene. (laughs) I love you baby scene. Heath Ledger singing, super charming. I remember it well. Uh, even if I don't remember the movie well um damn it, what is his name I, this is gonna drive me crazy until i stop the podcast and look it up right away ah uh, i'm frustrated with myself here um number three expectations versus reality 500 days of summer said a lot about why i like it i remain a, a, a fan from minutes ago when i said all that stuff Number two, the Christoph Waltz interrogation scene of the French dairy farmer from Inglourious Bastards. And number one, the fanny pack fight scene. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I'm a little sad that I had to drop Racka Um I think that's a, a funnier thing than it is a a scene with staying power. I think the this, this scenes that I'll remember the most, besides fanny pack fight scene, is probably the, uh, the hot dog fingers one. <laughs> Like, the reveal of Hot Dog Fingers. I mean, that's just... I mean, how do you write that, huh? (laughs) I don't know. Are we we ready to get to the eulogy? We all know what it is. It's 500 Days of Summer. Note. The following eulogy is a work of fiction. Any resemblance to movies living or dead, mostly dead, is purely coincidental. Especially you, 500 Days of Summer. Bitch. (laughs) You had one truly great scene, which was really a montage of side-by-side many scenes, but for ease of language, I'm simply calling, simply calling, a scene. It was, in my mind, the redeeming quality you didn't deserve. It was also the only reason I couldn't put you below the movie Ted, a movie that hurts me to call a movie. You're still below Step Up, though. Bitch. All right. (laughs) Yulogy over. Um, I hated this fucking movie. Becca, if you ever listen to this, and you might not, um, you did tell me that there was controversy surrounding it, um, at least like more recently. Uh, I, I'm kind of surprised there wasn't at the time if there, if there wasn't, I, I honestly can't believe this movie is held in high regard (laughs) by anyone, including you. Um, (laughs) I, uh, yeah, I'm not happy that you made me do this. I will get you back somehow, some way. Um, that's not true. You're just, you're offering me up on a, a suggestion. I appreciate, I appreciate it. Even if I didn't like the movie, I'm glad I did this because that scene is so cool that it was worth it. And I know how to not write a female character now, uh, like this, um, next up, we're heading back to Boston, baby. <laughs> uh, it's been too long since I've done my Boston accents. And uh, my friend Nate, whom you may know from not being on the Top Gun episode, gave me a big list of movies. And one of those will be watched. Um, <laughs> all of them will. In fact, the, the impetus for Matt Damon month may have been Nathan, who recommended at least three of them. Um, and actually four because we're gonna he's in this one, <laughs> but we're not holding off until August. We're watching one of the Matt Damon movies right now. Next week, um, it's time for The Departed. So you ready yourself for that one dropkick Murphy song and uh, some accent work that's coming for you next week. And uh, look, I think that's it. I'm gonna go change a diaper and. I don't know. That's probably it. Try to try to sleep. Take some medicine. Maybe have a margarita. I don't know. We'll see. It might be a crazy Sunday evening over here in the Maynard household. All right. Y'all take care. Bye.